Welcome to Out on a Limb, where traditional finance and the new digital economy converge with a sense of history. My name is Tim Enneking. This is episode 37. Today is Wednesday, May 24th, 2023, and it's five o'clock on the West Coast of the United States. Today is going to be a relatively short podcast because we, like everyone else, are waiting to see whether House Republicans and uh, the Democrats in the White House and Senate and the other in the minority in the in the, in the House uh, are all going to agree and pass an increase to the debt ceiling. Little doubt in my mind, and if I make a prediction, I would make it that before June 1st, a debt ceiling will be, uh, a resolution will be passed, but it is... Uh, going to be a roller coaster between now and then because, well, frankly, until there's a gun to your head, you don't really make a decision. And even Kevin McCarthy came out and said, when asked what has to happen before we reach, we reach an agreement, his response was June 1st. So no one's trying real hard until we actually get close to the deadline. So that's the, uh, uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, shortly, that explains why this is this will be a relatively short podcast. The first topic is an interesting one. Last year, if you re- or last week, if you recall, in the last podcast, there was a a massive increase in unemployment claims. But strangely enough, as I pointed out, half was due to an increase in Massachusetts. And everyone thought, oh, that's great. Shows that. Uh, uh, that unemployment is cooling, so or unemployment is increasing, so inflation should be cooling. Well, it turns out that there was a massive scheme, fraudulent scheme in Massachusetts to file for unemployment uh, claims. So in reality, there was still a slight increase on unemployment, so still a, a vague increase of uh, inflation cooling, but not nearly as much as uh, the uh, 20, I believe it was twenty-two thousand fraudulent claims for Massachusetts would have uh, would have you believe at first glance. Very interesting. I think to myself what sort of what sort of scheme, what sort of people would submit twenty-two thousand unemployment claims, so many that it would distort national statistics, and then do it all from a single state. Uh, not not very bright fraudsters, it seems to me. Uh, the second point is the debt ceiling chicken game. So to go into a little bit more detail, <coughs> McCarthy obviously represents the Republicans in the House, and they have a four-person majority uh, with uh, Mr. Santos sort of uh, in, a, in an uncertain position. He still votes, even though he's not in any committees, uh, so that majority could be reduced to three pretty much at, uh, at any time, although that probably won't happen in the near future and certainly not before this vote. And then you have the uh, Democrats in the Senate that have a one-vote majority. And then, of course, you have President Biden as the Democratic president uh, sitting, in the, sitting in the White House. But that dynamic gets really, really complicated, not just because McCarthy is, has such a slim majority, but also because the Democrats have such a slim majority. They can't afford to have uh, Sonoma or Manchin uh, decide that they're not going to support uh, a a bill that would raise the debt ceiling, even if Biden's in support of it. Plus, there's another very interesting dynamic, and that is one of the conditions for McCarthy on the 15th vote, if you recall, it was the most votes in 100 years to pick a speaker, 
actually more than 100 years to pick a speaker, was that any single member of the House of Representatives on the Republican side could bring essentially a vote of no confidence in McCarthy, and he would have to uh, defend himself and defend the reasons why he wanted to be the majority leader again. Now, that used to be the rule, and then for the last 15, 20 years, it's required a certain number of people, 20 to 50, before there could be a effectively no confidence vote in the speaker. Well, it's now down to one person. And given the extreme right in the Republican Party, any number of those uh, members of that, of that extreme right group would easily, willingly, they would love to, for all the attention they would get, bring a no confidence vote, as I'm calling it, against McCarthy. So McCarthy is going to, is going to be faced, and it's honestly already faced in projections, with the idea of, okay, I can get a deal done, but I'll lose my job, because he can get a deal done with the majority of the Republicans, some stray Democrats, and he's there, and he'll lose the right wing of his party, but then the right wing is going to try to uh, push him from office. Maybe he survives a vote, maybe he doesn't, but honestly, he probably doesn't because he needed that entire right wing, because he's only got a four-wing majority, to get his job if he alienates them by reaching an agreement, an agreement with Democrats, then he's going to be out of his job. So that puts him in the position of doing something for his own good or doing something for the good of the country. Uh, and that very stark contrast, he will be far from the only position, of course, faced with something like that. But it's uh, a pretty grim decision and a tough decision for everyone. And with the Memorial Day weekend coming up this weekend, all of Congress Senate's already out. The House now has, has just been released to go home. Uh, there's going to be all sorts of pressure brought on, on uh, members of the House in particular of every stripe, either to compromise or not compromise, raise the debt ceiling without any rule, without any strings, not raise it unless you get lots of strings. It's going to be just a crazy week next week come Tuesday. And in reality, in order to get a bill passed and read and approved, it you really have to have an agreement by next Tuesday to be able to, to get something. Some people have said you really need an agreement by this Saturday, the 27th. Next Tuesday is already the 30th. <coughs> Pardon me, assuming Janet Yellen can find a couple more days, Tuesday will still work it, but that will still work, but you're not going to get any increase until Friday. And then the outcome is that the, the U.S. has not been able to issue debt. It's got no money. It's going to have to issue all kinds of debt as soon as there's any debt ceiling uh, limit increase passed. And that is going to be distortive in and of itself because to, soak, to, to, to get uh, uh, all that money, to suck up all that money into federal debt, interest rates are almost certainly going to have to be high. The the very short-term debt has already reached 7%, so you could easily see that happening. Probably not 7, but certainly well over 5, 6, and conceivably higher uh, for the at least the first debt auction that takes place after the debt ceiling is increased. So it is a really, really difficult situation. Uh, it all depends on McCarthy. Uh, not, he's not a, regardless of what you think of him personally or not, he's in an insanely difficult position. And the position he's in does not bode well for getting the debt ceiling increase without tremendous pressure. By the way, one of the interesting scenarios is, is violating custom. Usually the, the speakers, 
party has to go along, the majority of his party has to go along with such an important vote. So you, need, you would need a majority of the Democratic Party leave the right behind. But there's another way to get this done, especially because the Democratic majority is so small. And that is, sorry, the Republican majority is so small. That is you have the Democrats who vote to support a deal that McCarthy and Biden have reached. And then you get a significant block. It couldn't be one or two, couldn't even be 11, because that was the magic number of the folks that voted for Trump. And they almost all got voted out of office at the next election. So you need a fairly big group between, I would guess, between 50 and 100 Republicans that would all defect from the hardline position, join the Democrats, pass the debt ceiling in the House, Senate then approves it and, and Biden signs it. And then McCarthy would have to try to get reelected by the people he had just alienated by siding with the majority of Democrats. Highly unlikely scenario for McCarthy, but actually we may get to the point where that actually is the way that the debt ceiling is increased. And again, as I say, regardless of how you run it, uh, McCarthy almost certainly will be faced with a situation of having to fight for his life as speaker or approving the debt, the debt ceiling limit. So we will see. Obviously, the biggest topic in everybody's mind, pretty much globally, in a macro, from a macroeconomic standpoint right now, relative to anything. The third and last point is the Fed. The Fed minutes came out at uh, 2 today, Eastern Time, and it was very interesting because the Fed vote last month to raise by 25 basis points to raise the, the FOMC to raise the raise U.S. interest rates was unanimous. But the minutes are, are, show something very different. They show a very divided Fed where uh, not quite half of the FOMC were in favor or rather were against announcing that this effectively is a pause. And Powell didn't came up, come out and say that quite so explicitly, but it was very, very clearly you know, between the lines. But there is a fairly strong group of hawks in the Fed that still want to raise in June. Now, interestingly, and I don't think that's going to happen, markets are pricing 20, bond markets are pricing at 25% possibility, but I think it's much less. And one of the reasons I think it's much less is because of the point we just talked about, the debt ceiling fiasco. That is not doing the economy any good. It's freezing transactions all over the place. It's freezing investments. It's making life very difficult. Even if something is passed next week, there are still going to be negative consequences from that. So under those sort of circumstances, right after uh, a mini banking crisis that still may spread around and with the commercial real estate, especially high-rise office buildings, uh, potential crisis there, at least within that sector, probably won't spread beyond it. But certainly within that sector, there's going to be tremendous stress, if not a crisis. I'm not sure that there's actually a really good reason for even the hawks in the Fed to say, yeah, 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 we definitely need to raise in June. So I'm sticking with my prediction. There will be no more raises and no cuts between now and the end of the year. So that's it today for uh, Out on a Limb. And hopefully we'll have better and more sub substantive news next week. Thank you very much.